Welcome to Westside Family Fellowship in Prince George, B.C., Canada. We're all about pursuing God, nurturing community, and strengthening family, with a mission to see all people become a part of God's family. We're just going to jump right into the Word. Um, I don't typically title sermons, but as I was writing this out and thinking about this, uh, the phrase that kept coming back to my mind was heart check. It's time for a heart check. So let's pray. Well, Holy Spirit, we need your help. We need your help to really dissect where we're at as individuals. Some of us are in great places, but we still need your help. Some of us are in rough places, and we need your help. We want our lives to be led by you, Holy Spirit. So in these moments, Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would continue to help us. Not for our sake, for your sake, for the kingdom's sake, for the glory of God. Continue to refine us and to call us to that next place that you're calling us. Amen. So it's Christmas time. Little update on the Christmas lights, the trees up, the Christmas lights are all in the garbage. Praise God. <laughs> uh, I think it was like three hours. Even I even got Grady in there, and he just he went to town with the scissors and everything. We all still have our fingers. Everything went really well. It just took us forever. And now it's all decorated. Thank you, Walmart, for boxes of $8.99 lights. So this morning, we're going we're gonna to look at the beginning of the Christmas story, not the beginning, the beginning, all the way back in Genesis. We're going to look at Zechariah and Mary, found in Luke chapter 1. Uh, most of us here have had some sort of encounter with God, and we are Christians. The, we've encountered the same God. Zachariah and Mary both love God. And they both had an encounter with the same angel and had different kind of stories. Their stories are different. So we're just going to step through it. So in verse 5, it says, in the, time, in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. They were well-trained individuals who have lived their life serving God. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. I don't know what very old is, but very is like a big word. They were very old. Older than George. <laughs> Once when Zachariah's division was on duty and he was serving his priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time... For the burning of the incense came, 
all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. So he was is finally chosen to go and burn incense. That's like a big deal when you're a priest. They cast lots and it's time for you to do your thing. You've trained, you've walked blamelessly, you've, you've tried to serve God, you're trying to get it, you're doing your thing. It's finally his chance. So everybody, hey, it's time. Everybody, hey, show up, it's time for church. It's basically it. Let's do our thing now. So he was expecting to go into the temple and something amazing to happen. Something amazing does happen. Then an angel, and he's all by himself. You have to, you have to remember, he's, he's by himself. There's no one else around. All the worshipers are outside. He's inside. Hopefully something great's going to happen. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense. That's pretty Amazing. Isn't it? I'm doing my Christian thing. I'm doing my Jewish thing. Hoping that something amazing is going to happen. And then an angel shows up. Not just an angel. Like the angel. When Zacharias saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. Didn't he show up expecting something amazing to happen? And then something amazing actually happened, terrified. That kind of doesn't make sense to me. Do we show up every day knowing that we have the power of the living God living in us, expecting something great to happen? And then we're shocked when something great happens? But of course, God's gracious. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and you are to call him John. If you don't know enough, if you don't know a lot about John the Baptist, you need to study that guy's life. That'll change your perspective. Even in his old age, God heard his prayer for something amazing to happen. He will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. Remember, Zechariah knows the law. He's a priest. He knows a lot, and he's very old. He's been doing this a long time. So he knows that most of the people in the Old Testament weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came on them. But Gabriel said something different. He's going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not just filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, before he's even born. Kids are important to God. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children. (laughs) 
Here's the message of the gospel. Parents, love your children. It's part of the message. Gabriel comes from heaven. Think about the kids. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Whew. That's a pretty exciting promise. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I don't know, you're in the temple burning incense and the angel just told you? It's a good way to be sure. I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. What's his focus? More importantly, what's your focus? His focus is the natural. How can this be? How can I be sure? He's a priest. His eyes are supposed to be turned to spiritual things, to supernatural things. The supernatural shows up and he looks right at the natural and says, I'm old. How can this be? My wife, she's old too. It's weird. The angel said to him, this means something. The angel says to him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. Gabriel Gabriel's saying, you're stuck in the natural. I have been in the supernatural. And I've come to tell you something. Maybe something unbelievable. It says, and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Supernatural. What God does is outside of the natural. It's super, it's above, it's beyond. We've been conditioned as a culture to focus on the scientific method. Science is great. I love science. It's simply just an explanation of what God's already done. And it's useful. But not everything in our lives can be filtered through the model of the scientific method. Has the scientific method stood in the presence of God? Gabriel has. Know that for sure. Zachariah just went back to the natural, measured the scientifically. Gabriel, let me tell you, we've tried. (laughs) Nothing's happened. The evidence shows what you're saying is impossible. Gabriel simply says, I've stood in the presence of God. Again, verse 18. How can I be sure? So verse 19, the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. 
Now, a lot of people would read this and focus on, well, what has God told me that I've just been not believing? I don't think that's the point. The point here is one, the primary point of the scripture is to start telling us about the life of Jesus and the good news. Secondary thing is that we can learn from this and apply it to our lives. Now, I don't know what promise God has given you. Maybe he's given you hard promises. <laughs> Maybe suffering and difficulty. I, I don't know. But we know that the promises that he has in the Bible for us will come to pass. So let's fast forward just a few verses to Mary. Let's see how she responded. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel, same guy, can I call an angel guy? Same angel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. So again, we're talking about a high caliber person. Zachariah, high caliber guy. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary was just kind of doing her thing. She wasn't going to the temple to burn incense. She didn't have a crowd that she was trying to lead in worship. She was just living her life. So for her to be shocked is kind of a little bit more understandable. She was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid. When God shows up, don't be afraid. Simple. Mary, you have found favor with God. If you're a Christian, you found favor with God because it's him who chose you. Not you that chose him first. It's his love. He loved you first. And remember, he's the root. He sustains you. That is a lot of favor. Favored like Mary? I don't know. I don't know if God ranks that out. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and we will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never fail or never end. What a promise to hear from an angel that stands in the presence of God. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? This really bothered me this time when I was studying this. She asked the question, and we'll read what happens to her. Zachariah asked the question. Something rough happened to him. His, his wife might have been thankful. I don't know. <laughs> Can we delete that off the video? <laughs> Thank you, George. 
，你知道吧？Ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. Zachariah looked at the natural. Mary asked the angel a very simple question. I'm a virgin. Now, when most of us hear it, we think of the natural. Her concern was, "How will this be? I have lived my life under your rules, and I." It says that she is pledged. She's made a vow before God to say, "I'm not going to do this." So, God, how am I supposed to honor this and do what you've asked? That's what she's saying. Her heart is all about honoring God, and she's just a little confused. Probably a lot confused. Our heart is supposed to be about honoring God. Zachariah's actions were very God honoring. It says that he's righteous, but there was something amiss. He was stuck on the natural. She was just trying to understand what Gabriel was saying. She wasn't questioning him. Zachariah said, "How can I be sure?" That's questioning his authority. Mary's just going, "Oh, I made this vow. I don't want to break that vow. It's bad to break vows to God. How does this work?" So Gabriel just simply. Tells her how it's going to work. Something supernatural is going to happen. Then listen to Mary's heart. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, "May your word be, may your word to me be fulfilled." She just simply obeyed, and actually, there wasn't really anything for her to do. She just had to go along for the ride. She eventually had to do an awful lot. Parenting's hard. <laughs> so when we read stories like this in the Bible. Our knee-jerk reaction is to just apply it to ourselves. Okay, what do I, what's my takeaway? And that's an important step, but that's not the first step. The first step is going, who's God? How does this point to who God is and how God operates? 
See, Zachariah, he should have stopped and said, wait a minute, I've heard this story before. I've even taught this story. Abraham, anybody? Got a promise, but I'm an old man. And his wife in a tent laughing at the messenger. Didn't work out so good. We get stuck on our own limitations, but Zacharias should have gone back to, well, who is God? Who's God's character? What's he like? What has he done in the history of our people? That's what we should do here. What's the first first thing we should be looking at in this story is who's God and how does he do his thing? How did he do it? The power of the Holy Spirit is how he did everything. Let an angel and said, great things are going to happen. Great things are going to happen. But you're going to need the Holy Spirit to get it done. The second part of it is going, okay, God. How do you do things today? If this has been your pattern, if this is who you are, how do I just surrender to what you're doing now? So the question this morning, the challenge is, are you more like Zachariah? Praying, praying and asking God for amazing things, but stuck on your own limitations? Is that where you're at? Some of us have really big limitations. In the story, God didn't remove Zachariah's limitations. He didn't make him young again. He just fulfilled his promise. Are you focused on your own limitations? Are you focused on what God is doing around you and saying to you? Or are you more like Mary? Willing to let go of your religion. She vowed to be a virgin before marriage. She didn't know. She didn't understand. What does that mean for the Holy Spirit to show up and make me pregnant? What does that mean? We only know what it means because it happened to her. Right? And are you willing to give everything over to God? Everything. Mary was. She turned her whole life upside down. She was willing to let go. Which one are you? Which one am I? And I think for many of us, it's the religion that we hold on to. I don't know if God could do it that way. I don't know if God will do it this way. Or This is our tradition. This is what we do. Willing to let that go? John Eldridge He calls parts of our lives that we won't let go of. He refers to them as the undisclosed places or the unsurrendered places. 
Well, I think that's just as big of a problem as our blatant sin. It's kind of like the idea of you can be Lord of my life right here, but this part you can't have. Can't be Lord here. Well, that's not Lord. Lord is the boss everywhere all the time. Matthew 5, verse 21. This will seem like a bit of an odd jump, but Matthew 5, verse 21 says, You've heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. So he's teaching people about the law. He's like, okay, you've read the law. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you what it really means. Heard a pastor on a podcast last week. He said it something like this. He said, "Great. You go home, be like, I honored the law. I didn't murder anybody. That's a pretty low standard." Hey, I made it through the day. No killing. It's a pretty low standard. Isn't it? In some ways, it kind of is. Unless they get your Starbucks order wrong. <laughs> then thankfully, we've been taught not to murder. This pastor said something to the effect of, Jesus, what he's about to say isn't about you doing more. It's about the position of your heart. Do you want a pure heart or not? But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says you fool will be in, dangers, in danger of the fire of hell. He levels it up. Hey, he came to fulfill the law. Woo! But wow, that sounds harder. Doesn't it? I'm not even allowed to get mad. Oh, but that's like my default. Oh, maybe there's an undisclosed place in my heart that I won't give God Lordship over. Oh. Okay. Then he gives some instructions. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way. Your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Well, that's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. This is not about you doing more. This is about the position of your heart towards your master. 
well, you're going to make your sacrifice. If you know something isn't right, go make it right. You know, the Bible says that we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother. He also calls that person the judge. Jesus also says, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friend. Who do we offend the most when we sin? Who do we offend the most when we won't give our hearts fully to God? Non-rhetorical question. Who? Who do we offend the most? God! That's who we offend. And then we, we walk in our life and we're like, God, I want to be a living sacrifice to you. And he says, oh, you're going to sacrifice yourself on the altar? Great. Great. Are you going to make it right? If you got undisclosed places in your heart, will you first, before you think, before you deceive yourself, that you are fully sacrificing your life to God, these places, I, I, want, I want to be allowed to be Lord in every part of your life. Thankfully, he gives us a long time to get it done. He's given us a whole life to get it done. But he says here in verse 25, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. We are as Christians, we are on our way and we will stand in God's courtroom and he will compare our lives to what he's taught us to do. It's going to happen. Do it while you are still together on your way. <laughs> well, we're on the way. We're on our way to heaven. As I've asked you the question, are you more like Zachariah today or more like Mary? Maybe you're like 99.9% .9 like Mary. And there's a little bit of Zachariah in you. We need to have a humble heart as believers and continually say to God, God, you can have lordship of that. And there might be parts of your life that you don't know you haven't surrendered to God. I, I don't think God's upset about that. But coming up to this Christmas, my challenge to you is to take a bit of time and go, okay, God, where am I holding back my heart from you? Where is it? I want to be more like Mary. I just dropped my pen. I want to be more like Mary and simply say, I'm the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. That's what I want in my life. So this morning we're going to take a couple of extra minutes, a couple of our last 20 minutes or so. Derek's going to come back up. And we're going to take some time to talk to God as individuals. As Derek said earlier during worship, if you're here and you don't know who Jesus is, now's your chance to come forward and ask Jesus to be Lord of your life. Or maybe you're like most Christians that come to church on Sunday morning. Most Christians, that's really harsh. 
some Christians, that you come and you're going through your religious steps and your religious duties. Maybe it's time to recommit. Or maybe you're, maybe you're all in, but you know that there's some pieces of you that aren't. And it's really simple. You just have to repent. All you have to do is say, God, I've been holding this area back from you. It's yours. Please forgive me for my sin. And he wants to, he's, he's always willing and ready. And he wants by the power of your, the Holy Spirit to continue to help you grow. Thank you for listening to this Sunday morning sermon from Westside Family Fellowship. Find out more about us at our website, wffpg.ca and on Facebook and Instagram. 